This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Zandra Robinson-Burns, writer and the protagonist of Heroin Training. Today, we are reflecting on The Artist's Way, week one, and joining me, as always for this discussion, is my co-host, actress and activist, Grace Gordon. Grace, how is your art life? My art life is poetry. Um, much inspired by a, a interview you gave this year with writer Grace Quantock, I ended my year, I ended 2020 with therapeutic doses of poetry. And um, I had just been yearning for more poetry in my life, so I read a bunch of books of new poetry and watched a bunch of performance videos, as well as I got to read an advanced copy of my favorite author's upcoming book. Um, his name's Jeff Zentner, and he has a new YA release coming out later this year that features a lot of poetry in the story. So I just got to end the year with so much poetry, Zandra, and my heart is just so open, and it was like entirely the right thing to end the year and start start fresh. So my art life is poetry. I have a question for you. I love the different reading mode that poetry, I was going to say inspires, but also kind of requires. What is your poetry reading pace and experience like? That's a great question. Um, sometimes I'll be in the mood for poetry and I'll read a whole collection at once. Other times I'll pick and choose. I do often revisit those important poems, um, ones that have been favorites or, you know, been there for me in hard times or beautiful moments. So it's a, it's a mixture. I do like pick and choose my, through my favorites, I have a collection even on my notes app of like links and copied and pasted poems that I return to. But I will often read a collection at a time. So I'll, I'll read a, you know, release. Um, I'll read a, a poet's new book. And uh, yeah, I do also, I love like spoken word. So I also watch poetry videos on YouTube. I love the idea of keeping a, a poem on your notes app. How art life is that? There are some favorites. So I, I, instead of like trying to dig up, you know, links to them, I just started compiling all of them in one place so that I can return to them easily. Would you like to plug a favorite poem for everyone? <laughs> well, sure. Uh, I guess the two I'll plug that I'll link to in the show notes. Um, just the first two that come to mind would be Splittings by Adrian Rich, which is probably my favorite poem ever. And then uh, the other one would be um, the other one would be Say Yes by Andrea Gibson, which is a great poem for just moments of doubt or moments where you need bravery in a hard world. Um, and last but not least, I'm adding in one more because you've asked, uh, I'll plug um, a spoken word video. Uh, my ex Evan has a amazing poem on button poetry that he, a performance poem um, called Ode to Things He Cannot Take. And it is just 
stunning, heartbreaking, and very much the thing I watch when I need to feel. Well, everyone, there's your artist date for the week. Sorted. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Sandra, how is your art life? My art life is proud. Yesterday, I had the task of creating a best of heroin training 2020 roundup blog post newsletter. And as I was reviewing my year, I had this swelling sense of pride in the work that I had done. I felt really good about fulfilling the mission that heroin training was founded to create, which is telling the story of my life chapter by chapter as I'm living it and going back and compiling that list. I felt like I was I was creating the table of contents for the year and I have a big thanks to you, Grace, and to this show that we've created together for helping me. This was really 2020 was my first year from start to finish of prioritizing art in my work. I look back two years ago and I was still thinking about like, and we'll get into this topic of shadow artists that comes up in the artist's way week one. But I was like, how do I boost up other artists? And 2020 was the first year that I started calling myself an artist from the beginning. And it really shows in my work as I go back and read it. So my art life is proud. I'm proud of you too. And you know, what a perfect way to start the artist's way. It's been such an amazing experience as your friend and business partner, collaborator, all the things um, to see you, yeah, move from more of an arts advocate or self-development um like viewpoint to saying I'm an artist I'm an essayist you know posting poems um and making this show uh it's absolutely what you should be doing and it's amazing to watch you do that yay thank you so much shall we crack open week one of the artist's way Recovering a sense of safety, the artist's way, week one. So I just went through this experience. I I did the whole artist's way for the first time in autumn of autumn winter of last year, and I've had a couple weeks now to process. But Grace, you are returning to this with fresh eyes, having done it long ago. What stood out to you from week one that you're excited to discuss? I guess the first thing is just it was it was um, nice to know that I needed it. I think I said this on a previous episode, but it's like, yeah, I've gone through the artist's way several times and it's been very helpful for me. And uh, and now it, restarting it years down the line. I am a full-time artist. This is what I do for my job and for money. But um, I still really need it. And I guess more than anything, it's just noticing the the sensations reading it, the different memories that I now have to deal with, the different creative blocks I might have or hang-ups than the last time I did the book. Um and especially it's like, you know, new experiences working in Hollywood for the past four years. Like that's a different, 
That's a different thing to work through than when I did it last time when I was still living in Philly. So um, I guess what stood out to me was just like, no matter where you are on your path, this can be really helpful. And that there's always, um, it's always going to be a good thing to process, uh, to process discomfort and to challenge yourself to like, to play and try something new. So, um, more than anything, I just am excited because I, I really have a strong sense of, I need this that I wasn't fully aware of before reading week one. Now, I have a question for you, Zandra, because you started to say this, but it's funny because I had written it in my notes. Um, I am always curious about why she starts the first week with this essay about shadow artists. I'm always like, why is this what she starts the whole journey with? And it sounds like you have a story about the shadow artists concept that you want to tell. So... I mean, what, why do you think she starts with this or how does it relate to you? I think there has to be a reason that people are picking up the book to begin with. And you and I are picking up the book. Well, I have to say this first. I am picking up the book largely because of your recommendation, Grace. So I have to thank you for your endorsement of it because it was so helpful for me and I think that a lot of people who are picking up a book with the title art or artist in it feel kind of adjacent to it. And so I wonder if a lot of people can can relate to that shadow artist concept if they're not pursuing art full time or they don't consider themselves an artist, but they must be interested in it. So maybe that's like the um, the mutual friend between your recovering artist and your your inner artist is is like being a shadow artist and what that means is like surrounding yourself with people who are really doing it with people who are creating and being like oh i'm friends with somebody who who creates or if you want to um to be on stage you're like just off stage yeah i definitely related it related to it when i was when i did the book for the first time and was working in bookshops and was doing event coordination for writers and, you know, constantly talking to and, and championing writers, um, I definitely related to the shadow artist essay. So what about you? I mean, you mentioned that you used to call yourself an arts advocate yeah. um, first. So did you have a strong response to this essay? You know, I think... Um... I think creating this show, The Art Life, really warmed me up for doing The Artist's Way. And then when I got there, I was like, that was me like six months ago, you know? So I was like a, a child artist in the way that kids are encouraged, or at least I was encouraged to pursue arts very seriously as like a hobby. And then when it came to university, I did an English degree, which is not creative in terms of like it, it, the structure of the degree. It was about writing about other writers. And then I moved into theater and performance studies for my 
master's degree, but I always had to like explain it to people because it's a weird academic degree that like, oh no, it's not like, it's not a practitioner's degree. It's not an acting degree or I'm not putting on plays. I am studying them. (laughs) I am writing about them. And my goal for that master's degree was to find my role in arts advocacy and figure out how I can how I can help with this industry that I'm so passionate about, but don't quite see like what role I have in within. And I've come to the discovery over the years that the best way to advocate the arts is is within by like owning that what I'm already doing counts as art and I can I can be open to how I can expand that definition and not not close off like, how I define art based on like what tools I'm using and what materials I'm using. Or how Oxford defined it. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I have difficulty sometimes with that segment where she talks about like, um, was it Fellini? She talks about a director saying that, you know, critics are just blocked artists. And I actually have trouble with that because um, I understand why a filmmaker could believe that. Especially one who had at once at one time been a been a critic, I believe that was the story she told. But, um, but like for example, one of the best books I read last year in 2020 was a book called "I Like to Watch: Arguing My Way Through the TV Revolution," and it's by one of the culture critics. I think she's a culture critic for the New Yorker now, but she's worked for tons of she's written for tons of different publications. This author Emily Nussbaum has this beautiful collection of essays and reviews and profiles of showrunners and it's it is a work of art her writing is incredible it is so far beyond you know a, a re- what you would imagine a review is and i learned so much about television history and i learned so much about the me too movement like all of these things through reading her collection and so i do have a little bit of resistance to the idea that it's one or the other right you're a shadow artist or you're an artist you're a critic or you're a filmmaker like no i don't think that's exactly it and i think that what you're saying i relate more to which is like you can champion the arts by writing about them and be creating them it can all exist at the same time like even this podcast itself is kind of an arts advocacy podcast while also being made from the perspective of two art makers. Ooh, I I hadn't even thought about like the one or the other implication of being a shadow artist. I guess one way you could interpret it is like as a theater critic, I can be a shadow artist like in my own shadow. <laughs> Like, I I can do that role with artistry or, like, I can do that role from a place of owning that I am an artist or I can do that role from denying that what I do is art. And so, therefore, I can be, like, in my own shadow. And I think that's where I was. I love that. I think that's a, a much more integrated approach than what how I originally interpreted that piece. So I love that perspective. Yeah. Another thing that came up for me about shadow artists is like, I do surround myself with more performing artists like you and like Rory and reading the artist's way reminded me that I I 
deliberately chose to not pursue being a professional performer other than a podcaster, but it doesn't mean I, I, I can't do that for fun. I can still perform Shakespeare for fun. And I, I played a lot more guitar over the past couple of months just for fun and not to like make something to publish on YouTube or on Spotify, but just because I love it. I wish you could see my face right now because my jaw just dropped. I did not even know you played an instrument at all. Oh, no. <laughs> I had no clue. And my roommate, Keitra, and I were just talking about the goal of creating more just for pleasure and having hobbies just for pleasure this year instead of doing them with the end goal of putting a video up on YouTube or recording something for, you know, our, our, our actor resumes. We were just talking about the need to perform and play and experiment and get creative without the finished product in mind. So you are right on track with what I want to be doing too. Yes. I had no clue you'd played guitar. Oh my gosh, we got to episode 53 without that. <laughs> I play piano and I sing. Wow. And See, I play I harp. What? You play harp? <laughs> Not what? for years, but like as a child, I that was my instrument. This. And the I glockenspiel. I'm learning all of this for the first time. Wow. Wow. Well, this is uh, this is so funny because there's this, you know, there's this task in week one as well, the imaginary lives task. And this is reminding me of that where it's like you have this this like a harp harpist or rock star or something else imaginary life um, that you get to experiment with by playing guitar. Right. You get to to play with um, without having to commit your entire life to being a performing musician. Uh, how do you feel about that task? Do you like that one? Oh my gosh, it was the first thing I gravitated towards. I was like, this. Vine would be opera singer. And last night I was baking cookies and singing along to Cecilia Bartoli. Um, and it, I think it made the cooking the cookies better, too. It's like, I, I love integrating like singing with being in the kitchen. Um, but the imaginary life that I was most excited to do was professional home organizer. You would be amazing at that. Thank you. It's true. <laughs> but I realized like watching the home edit, which I love, I don't want that stress. So I have this blessing of getting to be my own professional home organizer and working at my own pace and enjoying that as a hobby. Like That was legitimately a hobby of mine as a child. I would listen to the Harry Potter audiobooks and organize a desk drawer and then dump it out and organize it again just for the in the joy of it and um, bringing that back. Did you choose an imaginary life? I So I wrote down like a couple ideas and I'm super curious about what my answers have been in the past. I kind of want to dig up my old artist way journals to find them. But I think the thing I love is like, is that, yeah, we can still do those things, right? Like I know I've had – in the past I've responded with 
musician responses or um psychic and like i just took a psychic course over like a couple weeks in december so it's like i can still learn these things and integrate them into my life without having to have them be my whole job so um that's why i like the imaginary lives exercise it's one of my favorite parts of the artist way is because you get to you get to like try something out you, you know, you get to play with it. You get to learn guitar or sing opera while you cook. Um, it's it's kind of loosens you up. Grace, you have been teasing for me offline. You're like, I'm going to tell you about my artist date, but I'm saving it for the show. I am so curious. What did you do? So I have an intention to, as we've sort of already, as I've, I've suggested already, I have an intention to enjoy the artist dates, um, to create experiences that are purely for fun, because I am so programmed still with like, if I learn a new skill, it's with the intent to record myself singing, right? It's with, it's like, if I learn to sing, it's so that I can put it on a resume and put a clip up online. If I even, there's so many things that unfortunately I'm still programmed to do perfectly so that I can use the skill in my actor life. Um, so my intention with artist dates this time around is to really do things that are just experiences that are just for play. So this week, what I did was I, um, I was using a, I, I had like a composition book for my morning pages that, um, I, I think I like got for free or something. It was, I don't know. I have this composition book that I'm using that I started the year with that the cover is like green and has like a, it's just not my style. So I said, I'm going to put on an album. I put on my friend Bridges' uh, first album, which I'll also link to in the show notes because we love listening to our friends' music. I put on Bridges' album and I, I collaged over my new morning pages journal and it just it took like 45 minutes of clipping things and washi tape and putting a whole aesthetic together and I also um it was sort of a vision board because I put a lot of clippings of like things I want in the new year um including white cowboy boots that's a big one if anyone's listening and wants to send me a present it's white cowboy boots (laughs) um so I Yes. So I turned my morning pages uh, cover and back cover into like a, a collage vision board. And it's just beautiful. Like I got so much pleasure out of this finished, you know, out of the result, which and it just it's so pretty to look at. It makes me so happy. And it made me feel like an artist. I was like, I just took this little thing and I made it more beautiful. And that's kind of the whole point it's just making daily life more enjoyable that's the point so it was such a lovely experience and i'll I'll probably tweet out a picture i'll show you later as well zandra um just so people can see but it was so funny how like the point was to be goalless and to just be a fun experience but i ended up learning something really valuable in its simplicity which was just like taking something basic and making it more beautiful brings me so much satisfaction and so much like validation as an artist. Yeah, because you were 
you made that. You didn't like go out and buy a more expensive, like, fancy notebook. You that is an original creation that you cannot replicate. Exactly. So if anyone's looking for art estate ideas and they have, are they like me are using like a cheap composition book, there's an idea for you. I love that. What about you, Zandra? What's your experience been with artist dates? I have finished the artist way and I'm still doing them because I love them so much. And the main thing that I have learned is because I am such a planner is that the best artist dates have been more spontaneous. So I, I kind of decide when I'm going to do it. But then I've noticed myself in my morning pages. And just as I go about my day, I'm sort of planning what I'm going to do. Like, oh, this will be special later. But the best is when it comes to that time. And I'm like, you know what? I really don't want to go out for a big walk as my artist date. I want to like have a home artist date and make some tea and be indoors and and curl up in a blanket. So I, I've been doing these intuitive artist dates and I'm not going to share mine every week because I do have this inclination to be telling the story as I'm living an experience. And I do that for my work. I do that with heroin training. I, I tell the story of my life. So I try to take a break from that as much as possible and just enjoy being present. And then maybe afterwards I'll share whether it's um, on the next episode of this show or several later once I've processed it. But I did want to put that out there, especially in this age of how how easy it is to quickly share something with somebody else or with the entire internet is that if you also can relate to that idea of like, oh, how am I going to, how am I going to package this up and, and share it with the world later? Like maybe take a break from that sometimes too. Yeah. I love that. I think that that's a really special intention to like, and that's what makes the artist date special for you, right? It's that this is actually not something to be shared with everyone. It's something that's just for your enjoyment. I think it's about it's about control too where I would be like preparing this thing that I would do and then preparing the story in advance of what it was but sort of like you were describing with your your collaging a different epiphany came out of it than intended and that's what happened on so many of my artist dates. I was like, okay, this is going to be just for pleasure and it's going to be just for me. And then I would have like the idea for my next poem or on one of them, I wrote a poem in its entirety and that was not the plan. So going with the flow. Going with the flow. Well, is there anything else that you want to share before I share some like listener comments from week one? I am so excited to hear the listener comments. Let's go straight to them. We have had some wonderful contributions from people starting off the artist's way along with us. And for those listening, please know that you can email us the same. You can write us letters to our P.O. box and share your experience as you go along. So I just wanted to share a couple things from people who have started on January 1st along with us. Uh, Katra, who I mentioned earlier, my roommate, she said... Um, phew, the resistance I've had to this book since 2016. 
was way too confident that I had that four years of intense arts conservatory high school education was enough to sustain good creative habits in my adulthood. It actually did the opposite because a sudden lack of structure and accountability left me unable to recreate that type of creative motivation again, basically since I skipped college. Breaking that cycle this year. So I love that reflection from Keitra, and she said she's got more to share on that topic, but I thought that was a great place to start. And then I'll just read two more. My mom texted me. I guess she's doing this with us. And my mom said, I did my morning pages this morning. But oh my God, so much writing. My third page was 100% all the things I've cooked in the past four weeks. I ran out of things to say otherwise, but I sold an entire page of 8 by 10 small print writing with that. I love and that. I, just, I love it too. And I said, Kater and I were just talking about this. Mine are often just figuring out what I need to do that day. Oh my god! And then the last half of the page, I have some insight, but sometimes not. And I reminded her that you can just write, I'm bored over and over, or I don't want to write. There's no way to do it perfectly. Um and then last but not least, uh, I want to share um, – well, Lori Kim has been sending us so many amazing insights along the way. But I wanted to share just a string of events for people who are maybe listening and um, haven't started yet or are curious about The Artist's Way but still aren't sure if they want to join us. So Lori had sent us that she was excited and she was starting her morning pages, but she was having resistance. She was having resistance to the amount of work it was and just in general being like, I don't need this. She said, you know, I really feel like I don't need this. I don't feel blocked. And um, that was, you know, day day zero and day one. She was saying things like that. And then she tweeted, um, wow, it's day two of doing The Artist's Way. And I've already had two, re- two revelations and a clarifying dream. I didn't feel blocked, but I could use more clarity. Wow. Wow. There you go. <laughs> There you go. I just love that that was all within a few days. (laughs) And that's exactly how I feel doing the artist's way too. A lot of like, I don't need this. I don't need this. Oh, wow. I really needed this. (laughs) It is. That is kind of the pace that I experienced too, where it's like one day you kind of look up and it it either, you either realize it in the moment or you look back uh, like a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, I didn't feel like I was moving so quickly, but I'm all the way over here now. So I absolutely love that we are hearing from people as they are experiencing this. Thank you so much for joining us. Lori, Katra, your mom. My mom, too. Yes. yes, that makes me so happy. As a reminder, if anyone is quietly following along and you want to keep your eyes on your own paper but be in the circle, please just reply to our newsletter or write to us and say like hands up i'm joining and we would love to hold space for you and and cheer you on and uh yeah we would love to have anyone join us even if they don't want their comments read on the show but we also have a tradition whether you're doing the artist's way along with us or not um we do have a tradition of having our uh listeners contribute by answering the question what is the art life in the, in an iTunes review. So obviously, po- posting an iTunes review gets more eyes on the show. 
and boosts our metrics. But um, we love to read people's responses to that question, what is the art life? So uh, feel free to do that. Leave us a review in the iTunes store or your podcast app, and uh, we can read it out loud on the show. Grace, what is the art life? The art life is not one or the other. Mm. The art life is everything at once. Zandra, what is the art life? The art life is in clusters. Is that the term? Creative clusters? As Julia Cameron says, I just love this sense of of all of us revisiting this or beginning this together. Um, so thank you again to everyone who's doing that and listening. Um, it's really fun. It's just such a dream to start the year this way. I'm so happy with with doing with this idea and with having people so enthusiastic already. So yeah, thank you to everyone listening. Well, Zandra, we've learned a little bit about your creative journey over the past year, and we've learned a little bit about the ways in which your art has expanded and been integrated. Uh, But for those who are not sure yet, I have to ask you, where can people find your art? My art lives on my website, heroinetraining.com, and I will leave a link in our show notes to that Best of Heroin Training 2020 post because I think that's a great way to get started in discovering my work if you aren't familiar with it already. So heroinetraining.com is the way to go. Grace, where can people find your art? At the moment, I am best kept up with via Instagram. That's the sort of that's the place where I uh, post daily updates and post my modeling work and also post a lot about this show. So I'm um, on Instagram at Grace Gordon Official, and that is the place I prefer to be kept up with. Um, yeah, that's that's where to find me. And you can find us both here. <laughs> and also we have an Art Life newsletter. So that's on our website at theartlife.show, and we'll be sending some encouragement, favorite art. It's an easy way to keep up with the show and hit reply to the emails and reach us directly. So we would love to include you and hear from you. Yes. Follow our new newsletter, our new newsletter <laughs> for uh, for more updates and writing and art shares. So that's a place to go as well. Well, until next week, everyone, when we'll be back for week two of The Artist's Way, From my side of the world, I wish you all a good morning. And from my side of the world, I wish you all a good night. Bye. Bye. This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson-Burns. You can find us online and subscribe to our newsletter at theartlife.show. And send letters to The Art Life, care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91617. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.